had much to say But man, I still think them cats are crazy They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found I told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy What's up, guys? Welcome to a new podcast Linda and I are doing. Is, uh, we've done them before. Y'all have heard them along this network. This is the first episode of the Flockery Podcast, where we flock all the way up. And uh, at some point, we'll probably cuss a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I'll start it out now. We're flocking the fuck up because this team is not only what we've wanted in New Orleans, but after last season, the playoff run, uh, you see it. You've seen it every single year. You see it with the Saints. You see it with everything in the state. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's a saying in New Orleans, but if you love the city, they will love you back. And that's what this, this team has done. They're young. They have leaders on this team and experienced guys. But this team is just – they're exciting, Right. They're, they're a team that um, has a great coach, a great organization, and an owner that wants this team to succeed and be here and is willing to spend the money to do so. So uh, to get things off start uh, started off, um, introduce y'all to Lyndon. Uh, my name's Charles, and uh, we're going to be doing this together. Uh, as the song uh, preluded earlier, the boys are back in town. We are back. We are popping. Love it. Love to see it, baby. This is where we started with the Primetime Podcast. I mean, yep. we started with the Pelicans. It was I don't even years. remember what we first called it initially. Well, I, I don't know either. It was me and you talking Pellies, and then we brought in Schubert to do college football, then Justin, and then it turned into what it was. But look, man, life happens. My brother had a job he had to take care of. My man's killing it in his field. But he called me and was like, hey, I want to talk Pels back on the pod. I told him he thought he wanted. He has a spot this. He started this with me. This company, he will always be involved in this company. And when he called, I was ecstatic because there's nobody I prefer talking sports with than this man, Charles Reese, right here. So glad to be back. Glad for y'all to be listening to the flockery. Oh, what's up? It's, and, and look, and look, you said it. We'll get into it. But the thing is, I tweeted this and, I, and, and, and I'm glad you started off by saying this. And I think this needs to be said because she caught a lot of flack when she first started and people didn't want to give her credit. But we need to give Miss Benson credit. I tweeted. I said, man, got to thank Miss Benson. She really did everything necessary for this team to win. She put her money where her mouth is. And I'm so happy that the team is showing so much promise because she paid for new facilities. She got Aaron Nelson. She gave David Griffin everything she wanted. Her husband didn't want this team. She wanted it. And she it put her money where her mouth is. I'm so happy it's finally paying off. People are like, how are y'all going to afford everything? Miss Benson will find a way. because As long as this team's winning, she wants this team oh absolutely you know um obviously we know the area's main focus will always be football and you know and shoot i heard it on the radio today this afternoon is but people don't care about basketball until christmas literally on my on the uh facebook of uh 103.3 the goat where i work i posted a poll literally of uh our um how excited are you for the nba season who'll be the champion Two people commented, don't care till February. And then the next day I re rephrased it to Pels. And literally we got a lot of people excited about the Pels, but then we still got don't care till February. So it's like, I feel like as this team starts to win, 
more people will care and be invested. I think that's what it's going to take in Louisiana for us to to have a season like that last year to get people watching. Now people will be paying attention. But if they actually start winning and, and make a deep run, I think the state of Louisiana will care more about basketball next year than ever before. No, and look, I agree with you. I mean, you look at certain things, it's like the Saints are two and four. Uh, LSU's currently sitting at five and two. I know UL's uh, all right at like, I think they're three and three. I think they're four and three. They might be, yeah, because, uh, yeah, because they won. They just won yesterday. You're right. Yeah, I think they're four and three. Um, you know, no, 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 three and three. They play this Saturday, three and three. Gotcha. So they're three and three. So, you know, it's an opportunity that this team has to gain respect. Like they play on Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. I hope people listening to this, you know, I myself, I'm trying to go to the game Sunday. Like I want to be there. Right. I want to, you know, ex- get, you know, take everything in with the environment. I want to get the experience because the, the there's one thing that the Pelicans have. And I, you know, the guys all over TV, national media said it last year during the playoffs. Pels have one of the most raucous, environments in the playoffs the blender baby one of the best environments uh in the blender as as you said and and you know the pels you know are are a team that the fans like i said started out are hungry for something and that and they have it you know as they went to a team that was in the play-in that played their way in right and uh look i'll be honest i think um a healthy Pels team last year, if they had Zion all year, probably beats that Suns team. Oh, you yeah. Know? But um, see, you want to know something and, and not to cut you off because we'll be we'll get into the game. But I think it was the most important thing that they did lose. And I think it, it worked out better that they did lose and that Zion wasn't there because he got to see how good his teammates really are. And he got to see firsthand, hey. If I'm healthy and get my mind right, I can make a difference. Let me stop being a baby about New York and let and and, and look, calling a spade a spade. Zion probably wanted to play there, and he saw his teammates were good, and that changed his mind. People can have a change of opinion, and when you saw his 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 mode shift, he began engaging so much more with with New Orleans, with the city, and he became invested finally. And I think that was beautiful that that happened because. I, I can't lie to you, Charles. Uh, all summer, we were predicting, predicting, predicting. And for the first time ever, as a Pelicans fan, the team looked like we everybody predicted on day one, which is special. Yeah, and, and look, you know, I'll, I'll be honest in terms of my opinion, and I'm sure people will share it, because I think if it weren't for what the Pelicans did, getting CJ in, um, having a team with a young core that – has so much room to grow. I know what you're going to say. Say it. Yep. That Zion would have asked for a trade. He wouldn't have signed the extension. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have signed the extension, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and yeah, you know, there, there are ways that uh, teams that and small markets that draft guys can keep those guys and offer huge contracts, which obviously the Pelicans did, but, you know, I, I personally thought they were, Zion was thinking about this would be a prove it year. I really think CJ was the guy. And look, I love CJ. Um, we'll get into his play because I have, a, I have we'll, some thoughts about that. We'll, we'll get to his play and we'll get to him as a, as a player because we can dive into a lot of things on this team as a whole being our first podcast. But, you know, 
Zion would have left. And, and I don't think that there is any doubts about that. Um, just seeing where it is. And, you know, he came in and he's like, I love the city. I love the small market, things like that. I'm sure he does. Um, but at the same time, how much of that changes when you're losing? Exactly. You know? And like, you got to think. Jordan everything by winning. Yeah, Jordan hired him to be the next face. This dude's supposed to be the face of basketball. Everybody told him coming out of Duke, if you went to New York, oh, you're the biggest thing ever. This, that, and the third. You go to the Pelicans and you're losing, and it's like, well, damn, how can my my brand ever reach the heights? But like you said, you get CJ, you make that run. Willie Green is a great coach. I think the combination of Willie Green teaspoon particular to Teresa, Teresa Witherspoon, who talked to him, coaches him up. His one of his favorite coaches on the team, B.I. stepping up, Herb Jones stepping up. And then to your point, the CJ trade, all of that together showed him that, hey, David Griffin, Miss Benson, this organization serious about it and they want to help me win. I'm going to put my faith in them because they they did it. And if I'm not here and they make a run without me, well, then I look bad. If I go to somewhere else and this Pelicans team, whatever they get back from me, go on a run and make a deep playoff run. Because I think if you trade for him and you get something back, I still think this is a playoff team. Now, granted, the ceiling is nowhere near as high as it is, but they still win. And then it looks bad on you, especially if you don't win. So I agree with you. It yeah, was the perfect I storm last year. And look, with, with the trades they've made with Anthony Davis and Drew, is that they have a slew of picks still to come, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think that I would be wrong in saying that the Lakers this year may be a borderline team to even make the playoffs. I yeah. said on my radio show, and I'm going to say it here, the Lakers will be lucky if they make the play-in. If they make no trade, if they don't make a trade, and even if they do trade for Buddy Heal, they will be lucky if they make the play in because that team right now constructed is horrible. So the Pelicans are in a position where you get that pick, whatever that pick's going to be, you have all your old picks. So at the deadline, let's say it's let's let's not even focus on Wimbenyama right now. Let's not even focus on that. Let's say, hey, this team needs a, a guy off the bench to come in and add instant offense or they need a rim protector off the bench. Let's say it's either of those at the trade deadline. You can get whatever you want because you have all the picks necessary. Yeah, no, and absolutely, you know, and and I think that we will get into this team, but I think what we need to do first, because we're doing this after that first game, is look, Pelicans go into Brooklyn, a team which arguably is one of the best rosters in the league. Easy. Yes, I know they were missing a few guys last night, but you still had Kyrie. KD. You still, you, yeah. you still had KD, who who had a very tremendous Dominated. Game. Yeah, he played great. Um, you know, and, and you look across the board and players that they have, um, you know, overall, uh, you know, I can make an argument that star power and guys that they have, you know, whether it be, you know, somebody like Claxton, who I thought played pretty well last yeah. night. Um, and you look at guys that they have on their bench, uh, and Marcus Morris, who's always been a guy who I really like. Patty Mills, Mills has been a guy that uh, people love a lot. Uh, LSU got Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas, I'm big um, on him. I think he was a third leading scorer. Um, in the preseason, yep. So they've got firepower. They can score the ball. Um, and they've got guys that can defend too, you know. And uh, you, you kind of see some of that just in what they had and um, – and how they were going about with the game, right? Um, you know, 
the the big thing for me is look, the Pelicans didn't just win one thirty to one oh eight. Is that at the end of the first quarter they were up thirty two to fourteen. They limited that team to fourteen points and still outpaced you know almost kind of what you would normally see in a first quarter um, to you know be a little bit above average and, and that's what you see with this Pelicans team is a team that started out quick didn't have a bad quarter Pelicans well, last year the Pelicans third quarter last year yeah it was great to your you point, know the the, the third quarter really impressed me but I'll say this if they if if you want to nitpick the bad quarter was the second quarter well it and look, I don't disagree. I think there's, you know, something into it. And that's where I was kind of going with is Nets made runs yeah. with a team at home, right? The home team will always make a run here and there. Uh, and they made some runs. They got it within single digits. The Pelicans never led that, in this game once. That, that's know? the major thing because the Pelicans of old would have collapsed and folded like a taco on Tuesday. It would have been horrible. But to your point, Guys like Brandon Ingram, guys like CJ settled us down and really put, put the game where it was like, okay, we're not going to lose this lead. And you have to give credit to Willie Green because every time there was a moment like that where momentum seemed like they were going to shift, he made the perfect Greg Popovich-like timeout call. Yeah, and look, you know, some people think, uh, I think one of his first uh, timeouts that I uh, just kind of remember not looking at my game notes, but – Remember that he made a, a timeout call where they shrunk the lead from, I think, 18 or 19 down to 12. But the certain mistakes the Pelicans were starting to make showed type of what that type of coach that he is. You know, he's a coach that is uh, methodical, but at the same time, uh, he studies the game. Nice. Uh, it's something that we heard about him a lot at the end of last year going into the playoffs is, you know, him, Brandon Ingram, and CJ, and and hopefully this is something we see. Zion's, Trey, yeah. Oh, Trey Zion, Zion Herb, yeah. All with, you know, with Herb, even some guys coming off the bench. Um, obviously, Trey's one of those guys, but, uh, you know, I'd love to see it from Jonas. Or, um, you know, I would love to see it from guys like Alvarado. Yeah. You know, man. is he texts these guys late at night because they're thinking about basketball. All That's the time. They are. They're in their, They're in the season. It's all about basketball. And, um, you know, I, I think this team is special. I think this team is fun. And I don't think this is just a one-year wonder like we've seen with this New Orleans franchise. This is something that is just the beginning, right? Oh, you yeah. could have said that about last year, but this is a stepping stone to, I guess, the ultimate goal to where, you know, you always look where guys like LeBron moved, where Chris Paul moved, where Steph Curry was, and guys gravitated to those teams where you had veterans that could give you minutes off the bench. And look, you see with CJ, and, and you know, I, I don't know if CJ was 100% truthful in saying that he was excited about coming here and it was the place that he wanted to come in. He is and now. <laughs> I, I agree with that. And, and, you know, I do think that some of them did want to come here because it was an opportunity for him to be one of the leaders rather and spread than spread his wings and not be behind yes. Dame and get to yes. see. That's the, the thing about him is it's beautiful because we're seeing that, Hey man, maybe this guy should have always been, I don't want to say a point guard, but a guy that can had the ball in his hand majority of the time. And he played out of position with Dame. And the fact is, the type of player he is, to your point, 
we're building sustained success. If other players in the league see this, they're like, oh, we want to come to the Pelicans because we're not a free agent destination like the Spurs won't. But when you have Tim Duncan, when you have Mono Ginobili, when you have Tony Parker, you're and you're able to get draft guys like Kawhi, you're able to build sustained success. And I think we're following the Spurs model to a T. And what's been beautiful is we're hitting on draft picks. The fact that Trey Murphy hits, the fact that Herb Jones hits, the fact that Jose Alvarado hits are huge wins for us because now it shows we carry over year after year. If Dyson Daniels hits, it's just another beautiful situation because now it's like, okay, they have the core for now and they have the core for when CJ maybe gets too old. It's it's a beautiful situation that we're building. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, just to go over some stats, kind of where the Pelicans sit after that first game is, uh, and look, it's, it's one game. Yeah. I don't want to hype any of these things up because you could say, hey, look, they scored more points than anybody else. They're first in points per game. The, the two things that I like the most, the most, absolute most, is rebounds per game. They were second in the league, but they were first in assist. Is you saw the ball moving a lot. And, and this led to some of these stats. Ingram's uh, line was 28.7 rebounds, five assists. He shot 58%. Uh, from the floor at sitting at a plus 24. Zion was 25 with nine rebounds, five assists. CJ had 21 points, four rebounds, six assists. Trey came in with 16 points. Jonas came in with 15 points, 13 rebounds. Trey almost had a double-double as well with nine yeah. rebounds. And then you look at a guy like Herb, where... You Dude, know, block Kevin Durant's shot, man. Like, you, what? Yes. That's <laughs> yes. very rare to see. But a guy like Herb where I think offseason we saw a lot more of his potential and his working on his offensive game. I was had the highest plus minus in, in the whole team. He's going to come around. Like, I know people were talking about he missed some shots, but that's going to come. Like you said, he was working with Fred Vincent all summer, and that his shot's going to come. And to your point, the ball movement was great. The offensive rebound, if I had to pick what two things I like the most, physicality on the defensive end, number one, because the fact that we don't have a shot blocker, but we're still physical and forced turnovers is going to be huge. So that's key number one that I love. And to your point, I'm going to take your second one, the ball movement. And it was beautiful because B.I. was like, you know what? I'm going to let Zion come out and get his and the game will come to me. And it did in that third quarter. They needed their leader, Brandon Ingram, to step up and score buckets. And he did. And it's beautiful. Uh, my prediction was the way you start these games is let Zion start you off, but let B.I. finish. And if that's how it keeps going, beautiful. Granted, it'll change some nights, but that's how it needs to be. Let the monster and the wrecking ball throw the first punch because his punch hurts the most. And then you have your smooth Kobe Snake Mamba S to come and kill him in the third. Well, and look, I like going at Jonas and, and scoring most of your points in the first quarter in the pain, most of your points in the first half. You should the dominate in the pain every and, game. And, and, and that's what we did, you know, is uh, you look at uh, Brooklyn with KD is having a three or you could say four, uh, like we do with, with BI, having that tall guy that can get his shots over people and, and can also grab the boards, you know? Yeah. And then you look at a guy like Trey Murphy, he's, he's just like that, you know? A guy that can shoot really well, that's learning to be able to create his own shot, learning to have the ability to beat guys off the dribble, um, you know, having a good night as well. But I, I look, I, I love getting Jonas involved early. And, and that's something that the Pelicans did. And then they started to move. You know, you said stuff about B.I. is when KD 
started to put up points. And he said that last night in his interview. It was but beautiful. KD, KD had 32 points. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe I should pick it up. And he, he doesn't get stopped, right? He was he like, I could do this stopped. too. He may miss, miss a shot here and there. And he made a comment, I think, as well, at the end of the game about playing with, you know, some of the best players. He is one, one of the, of best, the players. best players in this league. Easy. Um, he, and, and, and to that point, it's so beautiful because AD, uh, Antonio Daniels called it out, and we'll get him on the show sometime. That's my guy. AD said, uh, Brandon, don't take for granted that you're one of the best. And I'm glad you said that, Charles, because when you look at it, legitimately, Brandon and Zion are easily, easily top 15 players in this league. There's no doubt in my mind. And after this year, they both might be top 10 because let's be real. The old guard is getting older. There's a change of the guard. And with like, I know we always want to say LeBron, Anthony Davis, but if they're not winning, you can't put them in the top 15. I'm sorry. You can't. And like, and if Zion and B.I. are doing things to win and averaging 20 plus points the way they are and playing that way, they are both top 15 players. Easy. Yeah, yeah. And and look, you know, that is it's just I think things just kind of intertwine, but they all connect, you know, like kind of taking a step back and talking about how that second quarter was hard, talking about the run, then coming back to the third quarter and getting your lead back to 20 points. Um, you know, it it's things like that, right? It is that, you know. The Pels win by 22, and that's great and all, because at some point, you know, teams will lay down and take their starters out, um, which, you know, we we saw Brooklyn end up doing uh, with some time left in the fourth quarter. Um, but the, the big thing, and it's the thing that I love the most, I, I thought the turnovers could get better, but with, and, and we'll kind of get Nick pick a little bit uh, coming up, but the biggest thing for me is, is, just the assist and the ball movement, um, you know, uh, going back to previous coaches, previous teams, as you kind of started to see that a little bit with Alvin, with uh, how he liked to get the ball moving. You see it with the teams that are good offensively is having good ball movement. But I think the difference in some of those teams and maybe not understanding those teams and the chemistry as well is like these guys – almost in a sense, kind of like football is they know where guys are going to cut. They know where guys are going to be. And, you know, the biggest thing, and, and, you know, you and I were kind of talking about uh, LSU and Brian Kelly is uh, you said uh, a couple of weeks ago, they put a video out before a game is you trust the guy next to you. You trust that he does his job. You trust that he will be able to fit, you know, be able to hold uh, your standards for himself you know, and performing at an excellence of, you know, a level getting the most out of yourself. That's what this team did. And right? they, exactly. they, played, they played defense, you know, for all yep. four quarters. They passed the ball well all four quarters. When their stars needed to make a play, they made they plays. They did, yep. Right? And the bench made plays when they needed to, too. And exactly. To, and to your point about they love each other, if you look at the team – in, in most recent history, I'm not going to go back to Chris Paul, but to your Alvin Gentry point about where we had ball movement, the best team was when we swept uh, Portland back when CJ was on Portland with, with uh, Drew and AD. Yeah. Even with that team, yes, the ball movement was good, but communication on defense was always lacking, which this team has. And I don't know if that team loved each other. This team, I can truly say, 
they love each other and you can see it on the court. And there's a difference when you actually get along and trust your neighbor and you got to give it to Willie Green for building and setting that foundation. And an example of that was in that second quarter when they're making their run, um, Brandon Ingram's about to get blindsided by a screen and Jonas is the help guy and Jonas didn't call it out. And Brandon goes to him and is like, yo, bro, you got to call that out from now on. That was something that Brandon didn't do last year. And that was something that the Pelicans never did of was yeah. communicate on defense and they're doing it now. It shows we always wanted AD to step up as a leader, but he never did. And we asked the same thing about Brandon because he was quiet. Brandon's stepping up as a leader. And that's an example of it because after that, Every screen was called out and the defensive communication was better as we see going into the third quarter, the run they went on. Yeah. And like you see it, because I mean, you see it throughout the preseason, you see it in the off season, right? You've got, you know, these, the young group of guys that are practicing, you know, at the Pelicans facility, uh, facility right after the season, you've got them practicing there throughout the summer, which is something you don't always see, right? You see guys kind of go where they have their their house, where they have their home base. The personal trainers, yeah. They, yeah, and they come back. And and look, yeah, we saw some of that with guys. But guys, like, have embraced the place. You know, like I started out with is, you know, you love a place and it'll love you back from, uh, endlessly, especially with um, with what's going on in New Orleans and the way New Orleans is, the way the community is. But, um, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, though, is it's just like, family it's a team it's a friendship because you know it it's love for one another and, and they have that right they all that's how the warriors it. started like that's exactly. how all these good if you're a good team at the end of the day you have to like the person next to you or it won't function properly and the warriors showed that when you do it the right way it happens and it's beautiful because the Pels are building that. You look at when when the game was over, how Trey Murphy and Larry Nance embraced Zion and was like, We're so happy for you. When you listen to BI and Zion's post game, when you see their embrace, it's yeah. true happiness for each other. And that can be, if you want more of an example of that, go watch CJ McCollum's podcast and his interview with Brandon Ingram. They talk about how Brandon said, All the teams I've been on, this is the first team where this is like in high school where I loved my teammates. CJ's like, I've been on plenty of teams. I love Dane, but this is the closest I've been with team, my teammates as well. And yeah. I think that's important. And look, you know, the thing is, is that this team, um, uh, the team has moved from last year to this year and they've mm -hmm. stayed together, right? They've stayed cohesive as a unit, but with cohesion comes, um, some things to talk about is, you know, you do know eventually some of these guys will leave and, and going to your, your comment about CJ is you always felt like CJ and Dame had a thing together. Right. Um, but now CJ has a thing with this whole team to where like the off season, you see him, you know, calling people out for not answering his yeah, Brandon, answer your phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And tagging Zion and Brandon. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what this team is. Right. You know, and, and it, it, it's just awesome to see. Like, I, I'm super excited. Now, I think the biggest couple of question marks we have is... Yeah, let's get into some of the cons, because we've been praising. I, I, I'll start it out. I didn't like the rotation. I don't think that you need to go as far deep into your bench as they did, especially when you have guys that should be getting some of those minutes. And, and in the first half, you saw more of it. But in the second half, that kind of... That kind of differed yeah. a little bit is you see, you know, the, the minutes that guys had for the Pelicans off the bench, 
is you started to see more guys uh, get more minutes and guys that you want to see. Obviously with Larry Nance, with Trey Murphy, with Jose. Uh, those are like the three guys that I really wanted to see. Look, I, would I have liked to see Willie? Would you like to see Jackson? Yeah. You know, I, do we need to see um, Najee? Do we need to see Devontae? No. We see, don't. okay, let's let's talk about that because uh, that's interesting. I'm I'm with you 100 on the Devonte Graham minutes. I don't need those. Like those are minutes that Jose needs more of, and honestly, give some of those to Dyson. Now, Najee's interesting because I think there is a place for Najee in the regular season to where by the playoffs we have another elite defender stopper. But if he doesn't yeah. show promise within the first two to three months, those minutes have to be cut. But to your point about Devontae Graham, he does not need to be playing like at, at all. Like we can cut that. Like to me, that's a piece that I'm looking to trade at the trade deadline to maybe bring in a guy like Jordan Clarkson or someone who's a heater who can get you those points yeah. where if the bench isn't scoring, but I agree the rotations was a little flat in the beginning, but Willie definitely picked it up in the second, but yeah, those Devontae Graham minutes, I don't need none of those zero. Yeah, yeah. And look, you and I spoke about it all, you know, off of this about talking about Jackson is really this is Jackson's really prove it year. He has to, man, because we we don't have a rim defender. We really don't like Jonas is a big body. And that's why it was imperative that they played physical before they got to the rim. But that's going to be a problem with teams who have to attack the rim of who's our rim protector. And it has to be Jackson. And if Jackson isn't doing that, He's someone that could be going at the trade deadline. It is, it is crazy because I've never heard of a basketball player potentially needing Tommy John surgery, which he won't because they, they've come out and said he's, he's getting better and better each day. But, like, if he doesn't come out and perform, we have to look to move him. Yeah, and, and look, maybe it's his last season, and you look at that as um, he has really good games, then he makes some stupid decisions. Go like to the G League and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. Look, he's an emotional player. And I think that's important to have on the team. But when you have guys that want to hustle that, you know, want to play hard and, and you look up and down the bench and you have that, right. You have hungry yep. guys that can still play in a, a space to where they are, um, they understand situational awareness. He doesn't because that's a great point because Jackson's IQ isn't all the way there. And that's not me calling him a dumb person by any means. That's saying his basketball IQ isn't there because he just started playing basketball his senior year of high school and went to Texas and then got drafted. Dude has really only been playing basketball for what, four years now. So like, it's not there where it is with other players in the, in Jackson will probably be good in like three, four years and, and good when I say a quality NBA player. I'm not saying a star or anything like that, but a quality NBA player. But the thing is, I don't know if the Pelicans can wait for him to get to that point. Yeah. And, and look, it's it's no negative on it. It's just the big thing with this team is staying healthy. And, and that's what the whole uh, record at the end of the season will depend on is a healthy Zion. And look, even if Zion misses – you healthy know, Brandon Ingram. I, I, like, healthy he, Brandon he, Ingram. He hasn't been healthy either some years. You know, a, a healthy CJ, which mm -hmm. CJ's been very healthy throughout his career. Um, but then you look at guys like Jonas. You, look you at need him. Trey Murphy is is unique, this whole unit. And, mm -hmm. and yes, look, you can get by in certain games without some of these guys. And maybe, you know, to a degree, is, is the Pelicans look at, you know, kind of restricting minutes on certain guys 
against certain teams as they go forward. Like but, against the um, Hornets, for example, we're about to, that game is, I believe the next game they play like Zion might, he played in the, against the net Zion and Brandon Ingram played 30 and 31 minutes. Maybe you drop that down to 25 against the Hornets. Cause you don't need them to fully play. Like to your point against games that you see, you can win. That's where you yeah. limit and you get those Jose minutes. You get those Trey minutes, you get Dyson minutes. You let those other guys play as long as like the win isn't in jeopardy. Yeah, and look, I think Dyson throughout the the se- uh, throughout the season will start to get better, right? He'll start to get acclimated to playing against guys at that level throughout the year. Um, and I like Dyson as a player. I, I like what this team has overall. And yes, like you, you look at a few guys, and you, you know some of your ball handlers are pretty short, but overall as a team, we're long team, and tall. <laughs> we're long and tall. And we can score the ball and shoot the ball, which, you know, mm-hmm. creating, your own shot, creating your own shot, being able to pass the ball is similar to what you see with a team like um, Milwaukee, where mm-hmm. they play defense, you know, but their their size just stops you really from trying to go into the, the basket. And, and I could I'm, argue we have better shooters than Milwaukee. I could argue that point. Because, like, Drew is their, is their CJ. Like, granted, they might be a little bit better defensively than us, but I think we can score with the best of them. With Trey taking that leap, you have a, a guy in Jonas who's a big who can get you legitimately 15 to 20-some points. When you're starters, you have four guys that can get you 15 to 20 points, 20-plus. 20 Not many teams in the league have four. They have three. No, some teams have say, two. Middleton's a pretty good shooter. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not discrediting Mil- They have Milwaukee has three guys that can legitimately go and get it in Giannis, uh, Middleton, and Drew. But after that, that's where it starts to get shaky. Where it was with the Pelicans, we have four guys, and I trust Trey Murphy as that fifth to go out and get it. Yeah, and look, you see Trey growing into his own um, throughout the offseason and coming into this season. Uh, I, I think. Uh, uh, Daniel said it best last night whenever you saw him uh, see a play where Trey actually like dove onto the ground when yes, he ball. got up and took, tried to take a charge. Yeah. And it's like, you see kind of him evolving and that's what's yep. the best part about this team is yeah. You've got your seasoned veteran and a guy like CJ, you've got really the most, you know, upper level of experience and and grandpa Garrett Temple on the team (laughs) at the same time you have young guys that are you know kind of here on their career trying to take each those next steps yeah to increase the levels to be the best player that they ultimately can be the team's young you know I, I will continue to say that is you see that with small market teams is the best that they can best thing for them and what they could do is continue to draft well, continue to develop their guys. And I'll say this, that's something that this organization never had. They Mm -hmm. didn't have a good ability to develop guys. They have that now. Our development was horrible, man. There's no way that that Tyreek Evans shouldn't have been a decent player for us. Like there's guys that we've had that have promised, but we could never mold them into what they are. And I think that was the biggest thing with getting Swin Cash, getting Trajan, getting David Griffin, I think that was their major thing of overhauling scouting and development because boy, can we scout and develop now? The fact that we found both Trey Herb and Jose, all three of those in one draft and then gets Dyson the next year just shows of the type of what David Griffin said. And I said it, I'd say it a lot during the show. 
the, the ability to build sustained success, because as a small market team, we have to do what Denver did. We have to do what San Antonio did and both San Antonio with the Duncan era and Denver now in the Jokic era. What they've done is they drafted well, they've continued to draft well, and they get the, the veterans here and there who want to be there. And that's how they make a good team. And, and that's what we've done. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think that they have every ability to continue to do that is um, I have no reason to not believe that unless opportunities for some of those people come up and then move up another organization. Same thing with guys is, you know, you're not going to be able to pay everybody. And, and look, I think Gail is at the point where she's willing to go above the luxury. Tax oh, yeah. But we got to be winning tax for a team that can compete at the highest level of the West and ultimately compete for championships. And, and, you know, you're on your way there, right? And and I don't think that's even a question, but at some point you're going to see it to where guys are starting to reach their max and they decide to go play somewhere else to get more money. And and look, you'll deal with that, but, you know, let's, let's switch kind of our discussion to, you know, from the game to and also from the future and what this organization is now what this team the 2022-2023 team is to look at the 20 this this season the 22-23 team and what's coming up right and and what games are coming up so you know looking for the pelicans um I, i spoke about it on sunday as they have a big home opener against utah a team that has a much different look. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who surprised the Nuggets last night? Colin Sexton yeah. looked good. People were um, expecting Wimbenyama. Tri- so to your point, we can't slack off just because it's no, them. No, no, And look, you know, Charlotte's a team that's continuing to grow. And, you know, you've kind of seen it with teams that are kind of in that stage where they're growing, they're getting better. They've come to a team that, you know, may not be in – the upper echelon of the teams in the NBA, they play down to that team. Yeah, so and that, that's in play is going to be beautiful important, point. important for a Friday night and on, Sunday. Yeah, because that's Sunday. that's how the Pels used to be. You, me, and you used to scream at at you scream on the phone to each other about why do we play down to our competition? And that's yes. something that I'm looking forward to see. Is is this team is this team truly different? And, and is Willie Green establishing a culture to where they don't play down to their competition? Yeah, and, and, and you know, I think that's huge. And, and you look at what – let's just go over, like, the next 10 games. Yeah, we can do it. And uh, we'll we'll discuss later and, and mention on the next podcast about what type of regularity we're going to try to record and things like that. But um, they, go, they go and they play at Charlotte. They're home the next two games against Utah and Dallas – Dallas being uh, big game on, on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, on TNT as you have um, a few already uh, teams in your division coming up. Uh, then they go to Phoenix mm-hmm. and they play there on a week from uh, Friday, uh, the Charlotte game, which I think is a big game to where you kind of gauge somewhat of, you know, we played this team last year. We How do we look now? Yeah. How do we look at their place, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you play a team that you and I discussed off air where you think that they could be that type of two to three, maybe a four seed. And uh, the, Clippers, the Clippers, yeah, um, man. At the Clippers, 
and then you go on the road and you play the Lakers and come back and play Golden State. That span is huge. Golden State is huge because what we're going to find out about this team will happen very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to wait to see them play Houston a bunch of times and, and go and play, you know, teams like Chicago and Atlanta. Like we're going to find out about this team very quickly, you know? And, and what I'm looking forward to is the specifically after the Hornets and jazz, see how they play their competition. Now it's time to play the big boys. You go Maverick Suns, Clippers, and even the Lakers to a certain extent because of just star power and name, but then to go from the Warriors, I think after this three stretch of Mavericks, Suns, Clippers, it's like, okay, Lakers, do we, do we let this be a trap game before the Warriors? All four, all that little stretch of games would tell us so much about this team and how they play against their competition, how they, how they bounce back and back to backs and how the league views them overall, because we'll start to see, especially against, Ty Lue, him put in defensive things that other coaches will start to take. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with that is you're playing against good coaches. You're playing against star power. And I think that's some of the biggest things because you started to see some of it last night is, is where free throw line attempts were uh, pretty even. Mm-hmm. Terms of free throws last night, and it could have uh, the Pels could have got more calls too to that point. Like they could have, but that's the thing is, is like you know, could you have gotten this call or that call to win the game? No, you don't even worry about. Yeah, that. you don't need it. Yeah, you make, you make the plays coming up to it to be able to you know be in a position to the, where that doesn't even matter at the end of the day, right? And, and you so you start to play against some of these guys. Uh, where you're playing against Steph, you're playing against Chris, you're playing against LeBron, Luka. Uh, you're, you're playing against Kawhi and PG, yeah. you know, you're playing against um, and Luka. Even LeBron know. and AD, because you know they come out, Anthony Davis loves to play good against us. Yeah, no, I mean, like Anthony Davis would probably hurt himself. But then oh, don't do play. that. <laughs> I'm not going to play against us, you know, <laughs> kind of the New Orleans luck of um, – not, you know, getting guys that come back exactly when the <laughs> Pelicans or New Orleans, you know, Louisiana team comes to play them. But um, there's a lot to learn in the beginning of the season. Yep. And, and to look at where they were last year, to not be that team, right, to where you're already climbing out of a hole. Two and 16. <laughs> let's, let, let's put that shelf way up there to start the season to where you can go through some things. Yeah, you know, maybe in a 10-game stretch, you go, you know, five and five, four and six. If you if you go six and four, and and see, I'm glad you said that. If you go five and five, six and four, seven and three, that's a win to me. Honestly, and and honestly, you saying five and four, four and six, I don't even see it being that. I'm really at six and four, seven and three. Like that, and that's my not being optimistic, biased fan. That's what I truly believe. And if it's better than that, my goodness, what a great way to start off 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's like, you know, you talk about kind of what, um, you know, Vegas sees and you see that the Pelicans' chance to make the playoffs jumped. Went, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went pretty high all of a sudden because you have to realize, and people may say, you know, you didn't have certain guys for uh, the Nets last night in Harris. Um, How much of a – like, in, in Seth, like, I, I, I agree if it was Kyrie, even Ben Simmons to a certain extent, 
But like, I'm not, I'm not, no, the Nets, people were calling them a championship contender, knowing without Seth Curry and Joe Harris, they're not going to take away from the Pels. But to your point, you can't take away against Luka, against K- Ka- Kawhi and PG, against the Warriors, against Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So it's going to be beautiful to see them play against those really dominant teams to see where we go. Yeah, and, and look, I like 100% agree with what you're saying. I think, um, you know, kind of just to close out some comments on the game is, um, you know, there there was so much hype and they delivered on the first night. And, yep. and you, you want to continue to see them play well. Is you, you want to see them beat the teams they should beat, but also be competitive and beat the other teams that are right there in terms of the level that they are. Because, you know, I'll be honest, you know, I, I think that the West – with this Pelicans team has the opportunity to do whatever they want. Right. Um, I think a lot of it's going to come to where is this team as a team? You know, we talk about the love they have for each other, but where are they in terms of basketball IQ getting into situations where look, you're not really going to face playoff environments, but you're going to play, you're going to play in some raucous environments and not getting bullied because that's what I think held the Celtics back from winning a championship last year. They allowed Draymond and the Warriors to really bully them in the sense of they weren't ready mentally mentally tough and they took a lot of that trash talk and Jalen Brown when you look at what happened against Philly when uh Joel Embiid tried to tackle Marcus Smart Jalen Brown ran over there and was like yeah we're not putting up with this again this year whereas the Pelicans we haven't been in that situation but I think we have so many dogs on this team to where we shouldn't get bullied but you won't know until you're in those situations so to your point that's something also I'm going to be looking for in this next 10 game stretch yeah yeah, and look, you know, I think um, the the last point that I kind of want to bring up because it's something I didn't, you know, talk about earlier is you look at where the Pelicans were, uh, you know, not to go into, like I said earlier, his numbers overall as the league, but playing against a good team, a team that, in my opinion, does have some length as well. Definitely. You're second in the league in rebounds, right? Uh, you had – uh, guys that, you know, didn't have a lot of double-digit guys, really. I think it was only Jonas that was. But guys attacked the basketball overall, right? Guys mm-hmm. went after the basketball and got it. And, and, look, you know, I think that, you know, something that I think is remarkable for this team is that you out-rebounded them 61-39. to 39. That is a huge – That's a gap. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 really, if you look at what – Brooklyn did. They had 39 rebounds. We had 40 defensive rebounds. We out rebounded them just on defensive rebounds. Alone. But the overall alarming, alarming stat. And the one that blows me out of the water is you get 21 offensive rebounds. Yep. And see, to your point, this you know is they- second chance points that allows you to be able to get. Yeah. And you get points off the turnovers. I, I know that you know, kind of went down going into the second half as the game went along. But you had the opportunity for second chance points. You had the opportunity to retain possession against a team that has firepower. And 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 I don't know if you could have drawn up a better uh, or more perfect way to beat a team like Brooklyn than rather that, than yeah. continuing to keep the ball and to have the opportunity to score because you dictated the pace of the game. You set the tempo. And and, and Lyndon and I were on a team with his grandpa coaching, and we had a good coach in high school and Coach Mike, 
and JP and things that I remember them always saying was setting the tempo. You know, Lyndon's grandpa would make us run up and down the court. <laughs> we would do like three or four up and downs where, you know, it would pass the ball to the guy shooting a three and he was gassed and he had to hit the shot or he would get it packed right back and have to hit the shot because we wanted to set the tempo. Yep. The Knicks wanted to play at their tempo. The Pelicans set the tempo, and I expect this Pelicans team to continue to set the tempo and to dictate the tempo of the game. And you want to know why that was – you want to know why it worked? Because we always talk about – I remember when we first started pod, and we were like, man, why do guys not block out and crash for the rebound? The Pelicans were blocking out and blocking crashing. Out. Like how, how fundamental is blocking out? But they did it in like it's the little things that change and allow you to control the game. Zion Williamson was so used to being the athletic freak to grab rebounds. No, this time he was blocking out and going to the ball. Zion Williamson, when he was playing people, he wasn't getting as many rebounds as people thought. He was getting like six, seven, eight. But to start off with nine, after really blocking out and attacking the glass shows, and to your point, it wasn't just him. Brandon Ingram, seven. Jonas, 13. Uh, Trey Murphy, nine. Larry Nance, nine. They were all attacking the glass and team rebounding. And when you don't have a premier shot blocker and and you don't want to give people second chance uh, opportunities close to the rim, that's how you do it. You block out, you control the tempo by uh, controlling the glass. Yeah, and look, you you dominate, right? You, mm-hmm. you dominate in the paint where you outscore a team 62 to 46. A team like the Pelicans that likes to be in the paint, right? And, and you know, uh, there, there are just so many things to like from this this game. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the biggest thing is, is to close out what the game is. You want to see this continue, right? As we continue through the season is you want to see this team attack the glass. You want to see them share the ball and lead, be in the top five and assist. Those teams in the top five and assist, they they clean up their turnovers and they, you know, have a very positive uh, assist to turnover rate uh, ratio. Uh, this team is going to go far. Yeah, right? sky's the limits. Yeah. When you said that, I was thinking conference finals. I was like, ooh, if they, <laughs> if they finish top five and assist, there's no way. There's like the sky's the limit for them. So that's a beautiful point. And, and look, you know, I, I think that they have the opportunity to. And, and, you know, something I went to look at was to see where, um, you know, Zion was with assist and looking at the three. It's like that number is going to, to go up. Yeah. Especially playing around with Trey, you know, CJ and, and Ingram having uh, combined 11 assists it is, you know, you're seeing that the assists aren't just with one guy, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't a, a point guard uh, driven team to where you have one guy that has multiple assists, has, you know, eight to 15 assists in the game. You have a team that shares the ball. Nobody is the star in this team, right? And look, we can say, you know, when you need points, you go to Brandon Ingram. When you need a bucket inside, you go to Zion. You go to Young. When you need somebody to create their shot off the dribble, you're looking at CJ and running a play for him, which, look, some of them plays last night were nice. Yeah, you know, in fact, but he's got to pick it up because because that was my only con was CJ being a little, you know, not as aggressive. We're going to need that at times, but granted, he, was, he, he was, started the game aggressively. Fair. He, he didn't did finish it. it. Yeah. He, he attacked the rim at the beginning. You know, uh, he, he put some moves he on did. Kyrie last <laughs> night that, that were pretty nice, and he shot the ball pretty well. You yep. know, and look, I, I think that will all improve as the season goes along. 
I think CJ is a guy that we'll get into more as matchups come. CJ is a matchup type of guy. He is that, you know, he can go for 40 or he can go for 15, you know. And we and don't I want that many 15s. We want to keep it at 20. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to keep your stars in the 20 to 28 range. And that's what you saw in this game with your supporting cast uh doing what they needed to do. I think the the Pels Pels big three combined for around 70 something. 70 something points, yeah. Night. Um, so, you know, you've got to be excited with that. Right. And, and, you know, um, I, I, you know, looking at it, they combined for 74. I mean, I, I can't complain with that. Nope. You know? nope. And you I know, think we need to start throwing Jonas in there because it's a big four. Like I know people well, don't. Yeah, no, Jonas. I agree with you. I, I, you know, people, people discredit not, him. He's not that he's people a, are trashing Jonas, but Jonas is a good player. Let me say this. One of the better centers in the league. Thank you. Not just one of the better centers. He's a top five center in the league. He may be number five, but he's still top five. Like, obviously, you have Jokic, Kat, Embiid that are just leaps and bounds better than him. But after those three, who are we talking? DeAndre Aiden hasn't shown me anything. Bam Adebayo Adebayo has been bum Adebayo. And and Rudy Gobert is Mm. just... It's just, well, mad about it. <laughs> it's just nonsense on offense. But I got to yeah. give Rudy credit. He had 20-something in 16 other in his first game. So you can put Rudy at four. But after that, it, it's Bam, it's Jonas, and whoever else you want to throw. He's in the discussion. He's in the discussion for yep. the seventh spot uh, to where guys can, you know, kind of circulate. And depending on what night it is, one will be better than the other. And exactly. one may creep into the top, you know, four. Top. Top five, yeah. you know, and, and and that's what this team is, right? And, and look, there's a lot of excitement about it. Um, you know, if I had to predict where the Pelicans finish, I think they're a top four, top five team this year. Um, I think they're going to. Let's do that. So it's the first episode, so they get it on wax. Where give us your seeding on where you think they'll finish. I'll give my seeding. I, I think that the Pelicans sound like a really good three seed this year. Okay. Okay. Nice. I got us at a four seed just to be safe, but I'm with you. I three seed is very possible. I don't see us being anything lower than a six seed though. At the worst case scenario, we're yeah, in the we, playoffs. We're we not a playing play, team. We're not, we're not playing it. Yeah. We'll be no playing. Exactly. Unless, uh, you know, an injury, a bad injury happens that takes somebody out for a long time. And this team's good enough to sustain, I think, a bad injury. Um, I think other than Brandon Ingram, they would be okay. Um, oh, yeah, they, they could lose Zion, but they can't lose B.I. That's a good call. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, you know, I, I do think that the injuries, you know, if they do come up, could be a thing. Like, yeah, look, you hear I'm knocking as wood. well. I've knocking on wood, you know. <laughs> and uh it's like, you know, I, I go knock on the door. <laughs> I got but it's like I'm doing we knocked on everything. <laughs> you know, I I look I will I'll bring back the little piece of uh two by that I'll put on my keychain. <laughs> I'll knock on that when I walk around and think about the pelican. But um, you know, it, it's just gonna be an exciting season. I'm looking yep. forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting into the blender and experiencing a fan base hungry for a great team, getting that team they've been yearning for. Um, and, and look, it's, 
going to be exciting, man. I'm looking forward to it. Glad to be back. Glad that this is the first episode of the Flockery. Flock up. Join the flock. Make sure you you listen in because we'll be doing this, if not every other. We're, we'll try to do this at least once a week. No, absolutely. You know, uh, with the way the NBA schedule is, even some weeks we'll probably look at doing it twice. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I do think that this is going to be a weekly thing, if not um, – two times a week, maybe for big games, we'll have something. I was thinking if y'all like it. Respect respect to Jake. We will not be a daily podcast. No, 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 no. We can't do that. Uh, that, Y'all go listen to Locked In for for daily. Shout out to our guy, Jake. But, and this is something me and you will talk off air. If y'all like it, let us know in the comments. I've looked at this thing called Amped, which is this new social media platform where you can host radio shows. And I'm thinking after big wins, if y'all want, we can do an Amp show. And on Amp, what makes it special is y'all can call in on the app so we can talk to you, the listeners. So let us know in the YouTube comments. Let us know in the SoundCloud comments if that's something you'll be interested in, because that's something that we can definitely do after games. So, um, but closing comments is, you know, like I said, I think this team's going to be good. I know you agree. Um, looking forward to ro- taking this ride, uh, mm-hmm. gra- getting in the saddle and uh, grabbing onto the reins and uh, taking on with the show and, and taking on with this team as I look forward to it this year. Uh, and I'm sure you do as well. Yes, sir. Uh, you got any comments before we close out? Just glad to be back. Glad to have my man running this once again. So make sure y'all go uh, follow us. Follow me at LimbyWT. Follow the bros you think at bros you think. Make sure you go subscribe on Spotify, on SoundCloud, and uh, on YouTube. Right now, this podcast doesn't have its own feed, but I will make a, a podcast feed. It'll say the Flockery feed on SoundCloud, Spotify, and all that. Say presented by the bros you think. That way you don't have to get it with all the other podcasts. You can have this separate but this will always be on YouTube as well. And yeah, make sure you subscribe. And we got a lot of stuff coming. I was excited when when Charles called me and was like, let's get it. And when he when when he said, let's get it, I knew it was time to flock up, baby. Uh, he knew I was bought in and I'm bought <laughs> in. We're bought into this team. This team's bought into the city and this team's bought into themselves. And uh, look, there's things that you go back, you look at the seasons and, and the big step is they didn't disappoint in game one after all the hype. They didn't disappoint uh, in terms of the chemistry, the chemistry and what they have a future of. Uh, so we're excited. Um, I'm excited. Lyndon's excited. The whole freaking city's He's excited. excited. Yeah. I mean, the state should be excited, excited to where. No one cares about the Saints game. People care, but if the but, Saints lose, then it's it's really going to start switching. Exactly, exactly. You know, you lead shows with the Pelicans, and you don't lead it with the fact that there's a Saints game tonight. It's showing you what people's interest is starting to or are starting to turn into. But um, so this this will wrap up the episode. Y'all make sure y'all go like and share. Uh, share it all over the place. Share it to your groups. Subscribe if you haven't done so so far. Uh, keep up with us. We will be back probably next week, if not the end of uh, this week, probably the beginning of next week, and then we'll do one at the end of next week, kind of like we're doing with this one. Um, but for and, Lyndon Burton, my name. Oh no! Is just Paul. real quick, just remember yeah. that by episode two or three, this will have its own feed. So if you subscribe, just be ready to subscribe to another one. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So double subscribe, hit the like, hit the share. Uh, But for Lennon Burton, my name is Charles Reese. Y'all have a great 
awesome week. Go watch some Pels. And thanks for tuning in to The Flockery.